Hey, Jason Rogers here. And in this video, I wanna to talk to you about how I went from having no idea that mergers and acquisitions was even a space within the greater scope of business to having done a seven-figure acquisition in one year, less than. And I wanna start with a story. You know, today is August 30th of 2019. I share that date because my birthday is August 25th. Now, my birthday was just the other day. Thank you for the happy birthday wish that I know you're about to share in the comments below. But joking aside, I remember at this time last year, because it was my birthday, that I had just become aware that mergers and acquisitions existed. I had just become aware that one could go into the marketplace and buy businesses. Now, admittedly, I had just a half-hearted idea that one could buy a business. I obviously knew one could buy apartment complexes or one could buy real estate, but the idea of actually becoming an entrepreneur focused on acquisitions as a fundamental growth strategy, the idea of buying revenue, buying cash flow, buying income, the idea of buying money, and buying the cash flow that businesses and real estate provides, it was just something I'd never thought of. A year later now, I'm operating and running in, in the CEO of a company that has seven figures and assets under management, and my whole life has changed. My whole life has fundamentally changed in under a year. You know, within eight months, I really went from having no idea what I was doing to completing a seven-figure acquisition, and I wanna quickly talk about, in this video, how I did that and how you can do that too. Now, I want to start with a disclaimer, and that disclaimer is that if you don't have discipline, if you don't have good habits, if you don't have an ability to communicate, and if you don't have a commitment, then you shouldn't even watch this video, much less take action upon what we're about to discuss. Because without those fundamental internal traits that are very difficult for me to coach up in you, unless if you live with me and I full on whip you 24 seven and get you into shape, right? Unless if you go to boot camp and get those traits whipped into your mentality, into your psychology, then it's gonna be very difficult to be successful in this type of an entrepreneurial endeavor or in any form of an entrepreneurial endeavor whatsoever. So that is just the blunt, no BS disclaimer that I wanna start with. But given you're somebody that has within you the ability to commit, to go all in, to say, you know what? I wanna change my life in the next eight months. I wanna transfer my financial future in the next year. If you have that within you, then I can really help you get to that next level. And I'm not a guru, I'm not some guy that's something special. I'm a pretty typical individual. I just happen to know that there are steps one could follow to put themselves in a competitive place to make acquisitions in the marketplace. And I wanna talk about what I would suggest you might do if you wanted to, at this time next year, think back to say, wow, I'm glad I watched that video. I'm glad I followed that from no idea to seven figures in acquisitions. I wanna, I'm glad I did that. I'm really glad I followed that process. Look, if you wanna know what that process is, I'll, I'll lay it out for you here right now. First things first, you have to find an industry or an investment thesis to which you are going to take action upon, right? So your investment thesis could be, I'm going to make acquisitions in the X industry. Or my investment thesis is I'm going to make Y types of acquisitions. Maybe I'm gonna make acquisitions of distressed businesses in the X industry, right? Or my investment thesis is I'm going to make acquisitions of strong, stable companies in the Z industry. 
right? So are you trying to buy distressed properties? Are you trying to buy distressed businesses? Are you trying to buy businesses that are already optimized? And then what types of businesses are you looking to acquire? That's where I would start. Get clear on what is your investment thesis. What is your investment thesis going to be? For me, if you ask me, I can tell you, we at Brighter Living Properties are making acquisitions in the manufactured housing community. We deeply believe in this industry and in our investment thesis because we know that manufactured housing communities are recession resistant. We know that they cash flow very, very stably. And we understand that affordable housing is always in strong demand, right? We happen to like both investment opportunities that are already optimized, like our first deal is, as well as investment opportunities that are distressed where we can come in and apply improved managerial and operationally based processes and improve the cash flow, the net operating income, and therefore the profitability and the value of the businesses and more specifically the manufactured housing communities that we acquire, right? That's our investment thesis. What's yours? That's very important for you to get clear on. And once you get clear on that, and first of all, everyone's going to ask, I know what you're going to ask, how do I learn what industry to pick? How do I learn what industry I should consolidate? Well, there's a lot of ways you can go about that. Let me give you a couple of opportunities that you may want to consider. One would be healthcare. Uh, first of all, I believe, not so dissimilar from Warren Buffett, that you want to go into businesses where the demand is extremely strong. This is also something Sam Zell deeply believes in. You can Google Sam Zell, you can Google Warren Buffett, you can go Google Charlie Munger. Those are a couple of my mentors in business. They will all tell you that they believe in businesses that have a moat around them. What do they mean by a moat? What they mean is they believe in businesses where it is difficult for new competitors to enter. And these individuals also believe in businesses that have stable, strong demand, meaning there's always a customer knocking at your door saying, hi, yes, 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 I want to buy your product. I want to buy your service. Therefore, industries I would consider healthcare, real estate in select markets, I would look into other industries that have a strong, incessant demand. The reason I say healthcare is because people will always have health concerns. By definition, you were born and you die. And there's that process in between where you try to elongate life. Right? Food, albeit the restaurant business is very competitive, you're always going to need to eat. Your hair is always going to grow. You're always going to need to cut your hair. Your clothes are going to get dirty. You're always going to need to wash your clothes. Think of things that irrespective of bull versus bear markets, you're going to still need. I believe that's an interesting place to start. That's our investment thesis, right? We're in affordable housing. Irrespective of bear versus bull marketplace, you're going to need a place to live. You're going to need a roof over your head, right? So you want to pick your industry. Next, you want to recruit a team to support you, whether that means a partner Rather that means a board, rather that means what? Aren't you going to probably want a team to help you go forward? Unless if you have incredible skill in law and accounting and finance and the industry that you're going to be consolidating, unless if you understand mergers and acquisitions, unless if you have a host of different skill sets under your proverbial umbrella right now, 
I would suggest to you that you go and recruit a team. And I talk about how to do that at length on my YouTube channel, youtube.com backslash Jason Paul Rogers. I implore you to go check out those videos because I literally lay out step-by-step how I've recruited a world-class team of professionals and experts in accounting, law, real estate, mergers and acquisitions, finance, banking, you name it, we pretty much have it on our team. And I've again laid out exactly how you can do that on the YouTube channel, so I won't go into that right now, but I would build a team. Once you build that team, I would then consider, okay, I'm probably gonna need some legal and accounting support because those are fundamental parts of growing and operating a business, right? You gotta keep your books right, you gotta make sure your contracts are right, your legal contracts. So you're gonna probably wanna go procure an accounting and law firm. Or at least you're going to wanna consult with accounting and law firms and inquire about their services, and if nothing else, listen very closely and really take notes as they tell you the key pieces of advice that they would consider you indoctrinate into your operational process and then steal those ideas and, and use them yourself. Right, so whether you formally decide to use XYZ law firm or WMT accounting firm, if nothing else, I would meet with those professional firms and I would get a real sense of what are they suggesting you do in your business, right? And when you go interview accounting and law firms, they will basically, if you position yourself well, which I've talked about in other videos, how to position yourself well when you talk to accounting and law firms, go again, refer to those videos. If you position yourself well, however, they will basically pitch you. They will give you advice for free in an attempt to woo you to demonstrate how valuable and how in the know they are in hopes that in exchange you will say, hey, I choose you to do all of my legal work or I choose you to file my tax returns and to help us with our bookkeeping. Right, But you're going to want to make sure that your accounting and legal parts of your business are checked. So on top of getting an accountant or two and a lawyer or two on your board of directors or within your team under your umbrella, I would also consider procuring those professional services. As a side note as well, if you have an accounting firm and or a law firm do the due diligence work or the legal drafting work for your acquisitions, then what I can tell you is, is if there is a mistake that is made, it will be their liability that ultimately is on the hook. Meaning if they misdraft a contract and there's a lawsuit, they're not going to sue you. They're going to sue the law firm that drafted that document, right? That's one of the reasons some would suggest you go with the big four accounting firm in a big law law firm because they have huge insurance premiums and massive amounts of liability to ensure that if they make a mistake, it's their backsides that are on the line and therefore not yours. All right, but get those firms. It's also good for prestige because the next step is gonna be reaching out to banks. You wanna start reaching out to banks and saying, hey, nice to meet you. My name is Jason Rogers or my name is Joe Schmo. I am the principal of XYZ Business. We're making acquisitions in the WMT industry. We love this industry because X, Y, and Z. And I wanted to inquire and see if you've made loans in your past in this industry. Yeah, we have made loans. Ah, interesting. May I inquire as to the parameters of those types of loans that you made in this industry? Yeah, we made loans at 70% loan to value. We require a 1.35% debt coverage ratio. We will loan up to four times earnings. 
and we like assets in that industry that are within a metropolitan of 50,000 people or more. Ah, okay, very good. Thank you so much, Mr. Banker. I'll be in contact soon. We're gonna be reaching out to a host of different sellers looking for acquisition opportunities. Is it all right if I give you a call in a couple of weeks and give you an update in regards to where we're at as far as our deal flow? Sure, that would be great. Okay, great. What's your name and what's your email, Bob? Okay, great, yeah. I'll be sending you an email of our, of our executive summary and a little bit of information about us and I'll be in contact soon. Okay, great. Click, do that again 100 times. Meaning, know every single banker in your local area where you're making acquisitions. Once you have a lot of bankers in your back pocket, as well as perhaps investors, you may want to do that same thing with investors. Get on LinkedIn, reach out to investors or potential investors, and make a not so dissimilar pitch like I just made right there to high net worth individuals and see if they're interested in percent potentially gaining a preferred rate of return if they deplored some of their capital into your upcoming acquisition deals in the XYZ industry with all of these benefits that you obviously want to be aware of, right? Once you have your banks lined up and ideally some investors lined up, if you wanna go with the equity and debt route, I've talked about equity versus debt in other videos, by the way, it is now time to reach out to potential sellers. And what's the best way to do it? While I laid out seven ways to cultivate deal flow in another video, I know I keep plugging videos, but it's because I've made so many videos already that I'm not gonna go in depth into each and every one of these steps right now. I'm just trying to give you the macro, the 50,000 feet up viewpoint, and then I'll allow you to do the homework to do the dig the digging, the deep dive due diligence on the specifics in other videos I've laid out. But once you get the banks lined up, once you have your accounting and your law firm, or at least you have those parts of your business lined up, once you have your team assembled, and once you've picked an industry, it is now time to reach out to motivated sellers, or at least you're hoping to find a motivated seller. And the best way to find a motivated seller is to pick up the phone and dial and dial and dial and dial. You guessed it, yeah, you keep on dialing. You keep on dialing until you find a host of motivated sellers. These will usually be individuals between age eh, 50 to 75, usually nearer retirement age. Some of the reasons they may wanna be selling include age, freedom, lifestyle, hating the fact that they are currently running this business, they're sick of the business, Maybe they get on really well with you, right? You can build rapport with sellers and have that be a major reason why they decide maybe they want to sell to you. There's a lot of reasons why somebody may be motivated to sell their business, but ultimately what matters is you find somebody that is motivated to sell their business and they're motivated to sell the business at a price that leaves plenty of free cash flow after the business's expenses and the debt service you may and most likely will indeed need to procure to buy that business so that each and every month you can get paid. And that's how making seven-figure acquisitions puts money in your back pocket. Yes, I just took this hand and tapped my backside where my wallet would be to signify that you can make a lot of money doing acquisitions. One moment, let me hydrate. Okay, so you wanna reach out to a host of sellers once you reach out to these sellers and you find some of them that are indeed motivated, you're gonna to wanna to request their financials for their business. This is where you essentially say, hey, Joe, are you interested in selling? Oh yeah, I'm interested in selling. It's getting to that time in my life where I'm ready to head off to greener pastures. Great, well, do you know what? Joe, we're interested in buying, but for us to make a competitive offer, we're going to need the financials for your business. So can you please send over the last three years of your tax returns 
as well as all other key financial documents for your business. If you're in real estate, this is going to be a rent roll in the lease agreement. If you're in another form of business, this may be their operating agreement. This may be their P&L, their profit and loss. It may be their balance sheet, their statement of cash flows. Sometimes you're going to want to reach out to their accountant because oftentimes the owner operators don't know that much about the finances of the business. So if they're having a tough time giving you those financials, you can say, hey, do you know what, Joe? May I ask who your accountant is? Do you have somebody that does your books and, and that files your tax returns each year? Yeah, John Smith does. Do you know what, Joe? Would you mind if I reach out to John Smith directly and gain access to your financials? Would you give me permission to do that? Sure, you can reach out to John. He's at 216-442-1377. Great. You call up John. John, yes, you're going to talk to John Smith, the owner of XYZ Business, and he will confirm that I, Jason Rogers, am in discussions with him to potentially buy his business. He's given me access and permission to gain access to all of his financials. Would you mind emailing his last three years of his tax returns as well as his P&L, his balance sheet, and his statement of cash flows to blankety-blank email at blankety-blank.com? Well, let me confirm with Billy Bob. Okay, Bob, Bob, Bob. Yeah, that's true. Bob, Bob, Bob. Okay, yeah, we'll send it over. Right, so now you get the financials. You get all these different owners emailing you financials. You review them. You have your team, whether it's your partner or your board of directors or your your advisors help you analyze these different deals. You're simultaneously talking to bankers, whether you're emailing them or calling them. Remember, we talked to those bankers. Hey, Mr. Mr. Billy Bob Banker, remember we talked a couple of weeks ago. I said I was going to be making acquisitions in the XYZ industry. Well, I've got great news for you. We have a lot of deal flow options right now. And I wanted to take a minute of your time and go over some of these deals and see how interested you might be in financing them. You explain each of your deals, or maybe you explain the one or two deals you're most excited about. You hopefully really sell the deal to Billy Bob. Hopefully by now you already have your operational game plan in place, rather the pre-existing owner is going to stay on board for a period of time to keep that operational stability in place, or rather you bring on a new operational team. Bankers prefer it if you can keep the same operational team as before because you don't want this big fragmented moment, old management versus new management. There's that chasm that makes bankers a little bit uncomfortable as a side note. So if possible, you keep things as operationally similar as they were in the past. And you start selling your best deals to banks. You simultaneously talk to the seller, and at this point, you're probably going to need to negotiate the purchase price. How do you negotiate the purchase price? Well, you're going to probably value the business at X times earnings. Depending on your business, depending on the number of hard assets and the intrinsic value of the business, it may be worth two or three times earnings on the low end. It may be worth eight or ten times earnings at the high end. Note if your business is potentially valued at only two or three or four times earnings and you're able to negotiate that purchase price of only two or three, four times earnings, you can probably make the acquisition only using commercial debt. Maybe you look for an SBA loan. Maybe you look for commercial debt. Maybe you even look for seller finance. You go back to the seller and say, hey, by the way, would you like to finance this deal yourself? And before you say yes or no, consider if I pay you all in cash, you're going to have to pay Uncle Sam, meaning the government, 20 to 30 or even 40% in capital gains. Whereas, if you take the money over time through seller finance, you're going to pay much, much less in taxes. So talk about it with your CPA and let me know if you'd like to consider financing this sale instead of a bank. Seller may decide, you know what? I would finance the deal. Maybe do a seven-year balloon, 5% interest rate or on a 25-year RAM, and I'll finance 90% of the capital stack. You just have to put 10% down. That's an example. It can happen, right? 
But ultimately, you want to talk to all the banks you can. You want to talk to the seller. You're going to want to figure out how much you can get as far as the bank to go for financing the sale. You may need to find a little bit of equity, whether you use your own down payment, your own capital, whether you use the capital of one of your team members, or rather you get that capital externally from a private investor like we talked about earlier. You got to get the money. All right, you got to get the darn money. Now I have a lot of videos like I've been talking about prior on this on this particular video. I have other videos that go in greater depth about finance, whether it's debt or equity or fundraising or deal structuring. So check out the other videos, but you got to make it all happen. You got to get the money. And at the end of the day, if the deal makes sense, you'll find the money because everybody's looking for a return on their investment. Never forget, money does no good sitting in a bathtub or under a bed, or in somebody's closet. The money does nothing. It's dying there because inflation is real. Per year, inflation is occurring at approximately 2 to 3%, which means every year your money sits there without earning return on its investment. It's becoming more or less 2 or 3% less valuable each and every year. So whether it's a bank or an investor, everybody's looking to get a preferred rate of return or at least some form of return on their money. Now, investors are looking for upside. Bankers are looking to minimize downside. So everybody has a different investment profile. That's beyond the scope of this video. But don't forget that if you have a great deal that will make people money, getting the money for that deal will not be that difficult. The key is that the deal really is a great deal where sales are strong, revenues are strong, Hopefully income is increasing over the last couple of years. Hopefully there's a strong moat around your business such that there aren't competitors that can easily come in and take away your local market share. Hopefully the basic investment thesis of this acquisition makes sense. Talk to your professional team about this. Talk to your accountants and lawyers about this. Right? Talk to your industry experts you perhaps procured onto your advisory board about this. But you got to make the deal happen. It can be done, and once it gets done, it'll change your life. I speak from experience. Like I said, when I started this video a year ago, I didn't hardly know what mergers and acquisitions were. A year later, and I'm the founder and owner and CEO of a business that has seven figures of assets under management, I'm able to take a healthy salary every month. We're on the hunt for bigger deals. I'm now connected with real players in a host of different verticals. And my prospects in life suddenly look extremely positive. Whereas if you took a audit on me at this time last year, my prospects financially probably looked quite bleak. So it is possible to change your life in under a year. And that's not some hocus pocus dream because this isn't a get rich, get rich quick scheme where you kick your feet up on a beach and drink margaritas all day. Like I started the video with, this takes hustle, work, commitment, persistence, the ability to communicate, the ability to think, and the ability to stay focused. But if you can do those things, you can change your life making acquisitions. And you can go from having no idea what you're doing to making a seven-figure acquisition in under a year. For more on how to do that, if you've not yet subscribed to the YouTube channel, I deliver a ton of free content. So definitely subscribe. If you've liked the video, thumbs it up. You know what to do. And hey, what would you like to see me talk about next? 
comment below. I'll talk to you in the next video.